What is going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View, the last episode of college basketball as the college basketball season has come to an end, and I am stunned by this result. I mean, you know, I've been hyping up Gonzaga all year. You guys know that. I've been talking about Gonzaga's the best team. They're far and away better than everybody else, and I did say Baylor was the one team that could beat them, and sure enough, they did, but I never would have expected Baylor to really run Gonzaga out of the gym the way they did, and it was from start to finish. Baylor just got off to an incredibly hot start, obviously that 9 nothing run from the get-go, but Baylor had everything fallen. Baylor was started 5-5 five five from 3. They couldn't miss from 3. Uh, their defense was forcing Gonzaga in the turnovers. Jalen Suggs had 3 earlier turnovers. And then he got in the foul trouble. So Baylor was just swarming on Gonzaga on the defensive end. For, even Gonzaga was getting some good inside looks under the basket. And were missing them at first. And allowed Baylor to build this 19-point lead. And from there, they never looked back. And that's why the Baylor Bears are champions. And Zaga just, they looked uncomfortable. They looked so out of it in multiple areas of the game. Uh, I mean, like I said, they were missing shots in the rim. They were turning the ball over. They hit just five threes this game, well below their season average. And, I mean, they went through a trying stretch without Jalen Suggs to about the 10-minute mark. Once he came back, Gonzaga played a little bit better, and it was roughly even. But missing Jalen Suggs for that chunk of time... Definitely hurt Gonzaga, especially ended up having a really good game at the end of the day, despite not scoring his first point until, I think, nine minutes left to go in the first half. Uh, but my God, Baylor, just everything they did, forcing 14 turnovers, and at different points it was, at one point it was T, or Mitchell had like nine points very early on. He finished with 15. Monsi Otiga at one point scored eight straight for Baylor. He finished with 19. And Jared Butler, it seemed like, just could not miss. Finishing with 22 points and being awarded the most outstanding player of the tournament. Uh, and look, Gonzaga, credit to them because if they appear to make it a game. It was just a 10-point game at the half. And when it was 10 at the half... Yeah, Baylor was still winning, and Baylor was still a great team. But at the same time, Gonzaga, we've seen this team. They can just go on a run like that. They can just turn, you know, force turnovers, get down the court. They can move really fast, drill their threes, and all of a sudden, they go from down 10 to up 8 in just a you know, span of 5 minutes. But Baylor, they're not built that way. They're not built to allow a team to go on an 18-0 run, no. Anytime Gonzaga come to this deficit, Baylor was there to answer. Whether it was Flagler, Teague, Mitchell, Butler, someone was always there to answer the calling for Baylor whenever they needed a bucket. And just a dominant performance from that from them. Because uh, really, the closest this game got, what I think, was nine points. But they were, Baylor was really, or Gonzaga was no real threat to win. Real, I mean, from tip-off, nine-nothing. Are you serious? And it was just horrible defense from Gonzaga early on. I mean, Baylor, it's not like it was tough shots, but they were hit, They were just getting open in the paint, getting open looks from three, getting open mid-ranges. Davion Mitchell had a dirty step back at one point early in the game. And just 
it seemed like that Baylor was not going to let up. And sure enough, like I said, they don't. And part of it was their strengths. Three-point shooting and defense. They hit 10 threes compared to Zagas 5. That's another 15 points for the Baylor Bears. Shot 10 of 23. Well, Gonzaga, 5 of 19 from 3. Awful, awful performance. Gonzaga also missed six free throws. Now, they hit around the same amount of free throws, but Gonzaga had more opportunities and missed their chances. And, of course, it was just the hounding defense, not letting Gonzaga get the threes. And Gonzaga did end up shooting over 50% for the game, believe it or not. But they, uh, they just, and it's funny because they shot over 50%. They shot the ball better than Baylor did, but it was those three-pointers that made the difference. And, of course, those turnovers and just... Everything was just awesome in this for Baylor. And this was one of those blowouts where it wasn't a letdown game because it was just so shocking to see. And any time, any and Butler was just doing. Butler was playing amazing. Baylor was doing such amazing things where it really was a fun, a fun blowout. Although I do feel bad for the Zags. Obviously, the Zags were chasing perfection. I thought they were going to get there. I thought this was one of the best college basketball teams I've ever seen. And again, people like to get on Gonzaga's case. Oh, they don't play anybody. They don't play anybody. Well, they did play a very, very difficult out-of-conference schedule this year, playing West Virginia, playing Kansas. But I do think event playing in the West Coast Conference sort of caught up with Gonzaga because they didn't face, you know, they didn't face a team close to Gonzaga's caliber really since, or close, excuse me, they haven't played a team close to Baylor's caliber really since December, maybe, if, yes, uh, pr probably December, uh, I mean, realistically, no team was on Gonzaga or Baylor's level all year long, they were in a class of their own, but at least Baylor had that test going through the West Virginias, the Kansases, Oklahoma State, and just the grind of the Big 12, it allowed Baylor to be more prepared for a team that's built like Gonzaga, then Gonzaga was more prepared for a team like Baylor, if that makes sense. Uh, it's not to say that Gonzaga, oh, they were overrated because they played a weak conference, but when they're going up against a team of Baylor's caliber, they did not get any experience playing those difficult, difficult teams over the course of a long season. Uh, while Baylor did, of course. Uh, what else is there about Baylor? I'm sorry about the emails going off. I thought to my computer on Do Not Disturb. Uh, also, just honestly, congratulations to Baylor. Uh, Scott Drew has built this program up really from the bottom. Uh, Baylor seemed like an awful job. The school was a mess. The athletic department was a mess amidst scandal. And Scott Drew has built this program up until you know, obviously gets there, builds it up slowly to a, a decent team, a team that would make the tournament here and there to a team that was fighting for the Big 12 at times, a team that was getting as high as a 3, 4, 5 seed and fighting, you know, potentially winning the Big 12 championship or pushing Kansas to an elite team and to now the national champions. Scott Drew, congrats to you. What you've done for the Baylor Bears is truly amazing. That is what college basketball is all about, bringing programs from the bottom up all the way to the top. And if you don't love that, you just don't love a good story in sports. Uh, overall, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have on this game. Uh, no, that's it. Just, again, congratulations to Baylor. They deserved it. 
you know, obviously I feel bad for the Zags. They didn't go. The, they don't get the undefeated season that they were hoping to have. And Indiana basketball can still smile. And one thing about Jalen Suggs' shot, I guess it means a little less now. Had Gonzaga won, complete the perfect season. That shot is going to be possibly a top, possibly the greatest shot of all time. It's still going to be one of the greatest shots of all time. Don't get me wrong, but it probably will be. It'll be below Chris Jenkins. It'll be below Leitner now, simply because that team did not go on to win the national championship and complete the undefeated season. And let's see. Just, again, Baylor played a great game. It was not even the Gonzaga choking or playing bad. Uh, you know, people want to say Gonzaga choked. How is it choking when you lose to the seat, the second best team in college basketball all year? Uh, yeah, it's just cool. You didn't go undefeated, but it's not like you lost to a scrub team or just lost in the round of 32. No, you lost in the championship game to the number two team in the country. That's that's not choking. Uh, I feel bad for Mark Few, though. Seeing like this was Gonzaga's chance to get the championship. They did not get it. Uh, I'm sure that they, you know, they'll obviously have a chance to be back again. Mark Few's built a hell of a program. But I really feel bad for these kids now that... I, I really thought this was the team. Kispert, Suggs, Timmy. Just such a loaded team. And I was shocked they didn't win it. I really was shocked by this result. But hey, again... The defense from Baylor and the three-point shooting made all the difference, and it's why the Baylor Bears are your national champions. And overall, this was just a fantastic college basketball season. Uh, this was the most I've ever gotten into college basketball. I've always followed it. I've always liked it. I've always liked to you know, watch it, uh, watch the big games that were on. But this year, I really religiously followed it, and I've become such a big college basketball fan now. It, again, it was always one of my favorite sports, but now it's probably my second favorite sport behind the NFL. I truly enjoyed spending almost all my Saturdays uh, either in my room just watching college basketball all day, going out to a bar and watching college basketball at the bar. It truly was a fun year. Uh, got, to, got to learn a lot of players, learn more about teams, and really just learn a lot more about the sport. Uh, I love it. I can't wait for next year with college basketball. And it was just some of the players I got to, you know, got really invested in this year. For me, just getting invested in guys like Deuce McBride, obviously the Ohio State team. I'm going to get into them in a little bit. Uh, Cade Cunningham, you guys know I was a Cade Cunningham stan. The big three of Baylor I really liked a lot. Same with Gonzaga's big three. I was a huge fan of. Ah, oh, God, I mean, you know, even though I don't like that team up north, I had to like Livers, Dickinson, big Luca Garza guy, love Cockburn, love Ayo Dosunmu. I mean, there was just so many fun, great players this year that I really got invested in. And I was really glad to get invested in college basketball this year. I'm excited for it next year. And college basketball fans really are some of the best fans in sports. College basketball Twitter, it is a very, very, very special place. Uh, so with Ohio State, quickly, uh, obviously this was the year I was most invested in Ohio State since really the Aaron Crafter at Solinger days. And it's ironic because I was invested in this team during my time there. But I didn't get to watch every game. Uh, the, the, the year with KBD I was really invested in. But this year, I was super invested. We were good. Uh, I had a lot more time on my hands during the week, uh, weeknights, to watch college basketball. So I truly was invested watching really all, every game of this Ohio State team. And I'm excited to see what next year brings. So uh, we're losing C.J. Walker and Kyle Young. That really, that's going to hurt. But 
and EJ Liddell's entering the uh, entering the draft, but he's not at, uh, foregoing his eligibility, so he can test the waters, get advice from scouts, and if he chooses to return, he'll be back at Ohio State next year, depending on the feedback he gets, which many people still expect him to return. So, so this will be the potential guys next year. You have Dwayne Washington and Justice Sewing are going to be coming back. Uh, they're obviously going to be leading the offense. Uh, Seth Towns as well. You know, hopefully Towns and Sewing, now that they're back as transfers, hopefully that they get but they're back. It'll be their second year in the system. Hopefully they get adjusted more to the offense, especially Seth Towns. He'll have another offseason to really focus on rehabbing his knee. I think Seth Towns have a big year next year. Uh, there are some younger guys who I imagine are going to play some big roles. Michi Johnson, Eugene Brown, Zed Key, all guys who played some decent roles for the Buckeyes next last season. Uh, I took them to step up, have more rotation minutes. Uh, we had a Penn State transfer, Jamari Wheeler, who's supposed to be an excellent defender. So really excited to see him. And obviously, uh, Justin Arns will be back. And also, there's going to be more. Well, there's still stuff to figure out with the transfer portal and with the and with the uh, recruiting. But Ohio State right now has a pretty good lineup running out for next year, especially if Liddell ends up coming back with Washington, Liddell, Suing, Seth Towns, Zed Key, who I again expect to have a big year, along with Seth Towns, Michi Johnson, who I think is going to really have a big sophomore year after being a top 100 recruit. Uh, I think Eugene Brown's going to play some good rotation minutes. Hopefully, Justin Arnes can get back to the way he's shooting threes. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see how Ohio State is next year. I think we're going to be near the top next season, along with other teams. Obviously, Gonzaga will be near the top again. I think in the Big Ten, Purdue will be near the top. A lot of their top guys, Travion Williams, uh, Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady will all be back. More guys also. Michigan, they lose some seniors. Dickinson's back. They get two top ten recruits coming in. I'm really excited to see a lot of the teams next year. Uh, Kansas, I think the Jayhawks could be good. They're not. They're set to really only lose Marcus Garrett and keep a lot of that core. Uh, potentially West Virginia, although apparently the only guy who's going to be back of their big core was Sam McNeil. McBride is testing the draft. Uh, Tash Sherman and or Tash Sherman is graduating. Matthews Jr. Oh. And Derek Cole will be there. Matthews Jr. is entering the transfer market. I think West Virginia will be fine next year, but interested to see where, they, where they're at. Uh, I'm just excited for next year. I'll have more to talk about as the transfer market goes on and recruiting. But that's it really for college basketball. It's been a great season, guys. Thank you for listening to me talk college basketball. And for people who missed my other topics, we're back in the next episode. Back to the NBA. Back to the MLB. Back to doing some soccer. With the, the NFL draft is coming up. We're gonna do a little mock draft in this episode in the next episode and a little Masters talk potentially. Again, thanks everybody who's listened to the podcast so far. Remember, go check out the Bird's Eye View podcast on Instagram. Go follow J Bird's Eye View on Twitter for all my latest uh, live updates and live tweets during games. Thank you everybody and have a great rest of your day.